Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi, and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy. And I'm Leslie. And we've been watching reality TV for like, oh, I don't know, like 30 years between the two of us. Would that make us experts in trash? We are experts in trash, but we still get stuff wrong. I mean, 30 years and we still can't figure this out. Yeah, we know nothing. So I think together we can learn what it's like to fall in love on reality TV. Here's hoping. Hi everyone, welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy and I'm your co-host. And I'm Leslie. Hi Amy. Hi Leslie, how are you today? Oh, the things I've been through with this stupid tooth. I know, (laughs) how is Toothgate? It is awful. So for some reason I was eating like crunchy rice, which is like Dominican, it's like Gong Gong, that's what it's called. It's like, you know, when like the rice, like it's the bottom of like the, what do you call it? I'm thinking of everything in Spanish, but it's like at the bottom of the pot and you scrape it out and usually like, and it's like Mm -hmm. full of oil and it's delicious. And Mm -hmm. so I'm chewing on my right side, which is the uncompromised side. And still, because Mm -hmm. it's so crunchy, like it just hit my other side too hard. Mm. And it's like it struck a nerve or something. And I was in so much pain. And I oh, couldn't girl. get my doctor to see me sooner than next week. And I'm just like, ah. Uh. And then they gave me Percocet, which I hate opioids because they yeah. mess me up. And I know they're addictive. Yeah. I'm actually working on a paper for this class on opioid addiction. And New York has, like, the highest OD rate. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to take this. But <laughs> oh, the no. pain was so bad. I split a tab into, like, four because it's, like, a big mm-hmm. old tab. I took mm-hmm. a little piece and I was doped out. Like I couldn't function. So that's why I hate them. Yeah. I I I still have the Percocet they gave me, they sent me home with when I had my kids. <laughs> yeah, those are not working anymore, Tassos. <laughs> I'm just weird about it. I'm like you. Like I'm weird. I'm weird about it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I would take it if I had to, of course. Right. But, As a last result, I took it because the pain was just so bad. But Let me tell you something. What scared me off of stuff like that was Nikki Newman on Young and the Restless when she <laughs> fell off her horse and she became an alcoholic and addicted to pills. And I always remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go back to Jesse Spano taking caffeine pills on Oh, Saint yes. Wow. Yes. She oh, got so way too excited. excited. <laughs> she got way too excited. I'm so excited. I'm so it was caffeine pills who has not taken amongst us caffeine pills to lose weight like that was me all my teen years in my 20s they were just handing out speed like in the 60s and 70s for people and then in the 90s they like rebranded it as like hey just take this This is a caffeine pill but it was a no big deal no big whoop so are you excited to talk about 
Mitch. I have a lot of a lot of figuring out how I'm going to defend this behavior. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of you. I was like, Amy loves this man. All right, mm-hmm, girl, defend mm-hmm. Team Mitch because mm-hmm. he really annoyed me. And then, like, his reasoning behind everything was kind of like, this is bullshit. <laughs> well, and I feel like the thing is, okay, so a lot of his behavior I do defend. But there, there is also a difference between understanding it and defending it. Like, the behavior mm-hmm. today I understand but I'm not going to defend it. <laughs> so there we go. I, I don't get it. Like I get, he's like, oh, I don't want to be blah, blah, blah. We'll get to it when you talk about it because I have so mm-hmm. many thoughts. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a show recommendation real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Love Love in the Cosmos on Amazon. Did you see this? When they <laughs> no, map but I heard of their it. astrological signs. It's total trash. Oh, total trash. But I kind of like it. Like, I'm kind of into it. So if you guys are looking for some kind of trash to just watch in the background while you're cooking, highly recommend. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell my friend JB because he is, like, such an astrological queen. Like, that is his jam. He he won't start his day without reading his horoscope. He knows everything about... You tell him any date, he's like, you're this sign, you're that sign, and this mm-hmm. is what this means, and you're at the moon rising and a blah. Like, he'll ask you, like, when were you born, what time? And then mm-hmm. he figures your whole life out. Like, he's really into that stuff. You know, partly it's because he's Puerto Rican, so he grew up with Walter Mercado, so he believes in all that, as do I. But I don't, you know, make my life decisions based on it. JB, I love you so much. Never change. Well, my when my grandfather died, my grandmother was only, like, 42, so she was like a pretty young widow and she got way into astrology, like crazy into it. And I just grew up with that. I grew up with her reading our palms, doing our charts. Like that was all very normal to me. Yeah. So when we would meet someone, it was always like, oh, bring him down so I could do his chart, you know, whatever. She used to go to this fortune teller that um, they had to do an exorcism on. And she says once he had the exorcism, he was no good anymore. <laughs> Oh, Lord. My grandmother was quite the character. Well, my aunt, she reads tarot cards. She reads coffee mugs. So, like, she'll brew you coffee. Then you drink it. She sets it out to dry. And she kind of, like, burns it a little. And then, like, images pop up. Like, it's it's mostly, like, stains. But to her, they're images. And she interprets them. And she's pretty accurate. So I don't know if it's intuition or she's just like a good bullshitter. But I feel I feel that way like I do about all religion, which is if you believe it and it brings you comfort, hey, who am I to say it's wrong? Like if you like that shit, good on you is how I feel about it. Um, I do believe that astrology does it taps into something, right? Like mm-hmm. some kind of I don't know. I, I kind of like it. So I'm not going to dismiss it completely. Yeah, but I like it. I mean, it's fun. I like to play around with, you know, check sure. out stuff. Yep. All right. So let's talk about Married at First Sight, season 15, episode nine. Are you going to gaslight me? And I was gaslighting. happy because was using gaslighting in the proper way. I in think. the proper way, because I feel mm-hmm. like everyone uses gaslighting, especially in the 90 day universe. You guys remember all these trash shows are all connected somehow. Yep. And I was like, she used it properly. She did. Um, so today the couples are settling into their lives together, taking one another on some dates. It, it, I felt like mm-hmm. like they were making dates for each other. We have the experts giving them some questions about love to prompt discussion. And champagne. And champagne. And then finally they meet with Dr. Pia, who I wanted your opinion on this. They're calling the new guest expert. 
this is what I'm thinking has happened. Whatever reason, Dr. Viviana left, or maybe she couldn't shoot that season, and so they got Dr. Pia. And I know there's a, a man also, a Black man, mm-hmm. who's going to join mm-hmm. us later on at some point. And I think they're going to call them guest experts because they want to see, like, who fits in or who people like. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Guess. She was okay. I wasn't bowled over by her. Mm. Yeah. She was just, she was okay, right? Like, like Leslie and I were talking before we signed on and Leslie brought up a good point. Like all of this stuff should have been done in private instead of airing out these serious conversations in front of everybody else. Did not give Dr. Pia a chance to shine, I feel like. Mm -mm. So we're going to start with Morgan and Ben. So Morgan and Ben go on a date to a pool. You're going to block your ears for this or what? I honestly, full disclosure, I fast forwarded through that scene because I was like, I don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. I cannot see fins. That freaks me out because the first thing we see is a woman dipping her fins into water. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Excuse me. She is the mermaid school teacher. That is even more horrifying. Okay. So they go on a date to a mermaid school and I wrote, I'm into this. I'm into this. <laughs> wow, I'm not. <laughs> ben tells the camera, hey, whatever I have to do to make this work, I'm going to do. So then later we see them talking about love. And Morgan, what did you think of this? She starts talking about her last relationship and how it just ended. Mm-hmm. And he was like the love of her life. And he showed up for her every day. And even this one time, it's so funny. Like he got drunk and said he would fight the world for me. I I think she's in love with this guy. That's what I think. And then also later on when he opens up, I'm like, you guys should not be together. You haven't finished or gotten over the last relationship. No, she's totally still in love with this guy. And Ben is kind of like, uh, this, uh, uh, okay. (laughs) He just doesn't (laughs) know Typical answer. Then she says, it was the right person, wrong time. Ben tells her he was in love with someone in college, but then he had like a ton of tragedy happen. And he was like all caught up in that. And his dad had a heart attack and his best friend died in an accident. And it just didn't work. And he says she was the one who got away. I don't know how I would feel if Timmy was talking to me like this. That's why I said break up now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're DOA. Like we talked about last episode, she'll never get over that initial judgment. Nope. It's done. Then he bears his heart out to her and tells her, I really want to apologize for me judging you. It's just that in my home, I felt judged and not good enough my whole life. And I projected that onto you. And I'm really sorry. I was never accepted by my father. And then he says at some point, I have just as many daddy issues as you do. Uh, I don't know if that's like a thing to say, but okay, whatever. She says, I appreciate you verbalizing this because I felt like I was, and here's the key sentence. Think about what I said last week. I felt like I was never going to meet your standards ever. And Mm -hmm. I guarantee you she still doesn't. Yeah. She tells him he's a people pleaser and she's happy that he's breaking the cycle and she's happy for him. So there's that. Now, later, Ben sets up a Korean barbecue for Morgan. <laughs> yeah. She comes home from work, and she she must have said five times, I had a terrible day at work. I had a terrible day at work. Give me right. all the alcohol. I mean, I can relate to this. <laughs> so they start to use, like, this little grill, which looked amazing, by the mm-hmm. way. I'm all about a Korean barbecue. This looked amazing. Fry up. Leslie, block your ears. Fry up any part of that animal. I'm going to eat it. <gasps> anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Leslie, in this episode, I'm wearing a, a mermaid tail and I'm eating all the meat in the world. How are you oh, feeling about no. this? Oh, my God. You're like Madison on Splash. She's just going to town on the head of a lobster. Just <laughs> that movie traumatized go. me. And I love Tom Hanks, but no. <laughs> so they start to use this little grill and the smoke alarms start to go off. And they're like, and Morgan's like, what do we expect? We're grilling indoors. Like, we mm -hmm. can't do this. So then they're sitting there eating and, you know, she's in her scrubs. You could tell she's exhausted. And he's kind of like in this real weird way. I really enjoyed being vulnerable with you. Uh, do you want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes into like this immigration experience. He's talking about how she called him a people pleaser. And he's like, I want to explain why I'm like this. And then he starts talking about his immigration experience, uh, how he was the only Asian kid in his neighborhood oftentimes. And the way he combated that was to be kind and to please people. Yeah. And she says she grew up the same way, but cutting her dad off was the big change. And he's like peppering her with questions and she's essentially giving him therapy. Yeah. Now, later they go to meet Dr. Pia and... Morgan says, you know, we, we started off really bad. Like we were in the red. So Dr. Pia has given them these emotion wheels. So they're kind of like color wheels, but there's like a primary emotion, which is like anger. But then what is the secondary emotion behind that? Is it isolation? Is it fear? Is it, you know, whatever. So they're doing this. So there's like a color scale. So she's like, originally we were in the red, but now we're going in the right direction and we're back in the yellow. And she's telling Ben like, you just need to give me some compliments. And he tells her, now, Leslie, you're the millennial here. I'm going to need you to translate this. <laughs> he tells her she was drippy and icy. What does this mean? Wow. Drippy Have and you ever icy. heard this? I've heard icy before, which is like that you're cold. And, and it's more like a veiled way of call, calling someone a card-hearted bitch, basically. Mm. But drippy, I, I'm not sure about that. Kids, like, come at me. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe this is, uh, what's the next generation? A Zoomer, whatever the hell they're called. You need, it's Generation Z, right? My Z, kids. Yeah. yeah. You need to get out on those streets and you need mm -hmm. to put your ear to the ground and you need to <laughs> report back. <laughs> So she's like, dude, just tell me I look beautiful. Like, I'm not your bro. Stop talking to me like I'm your bro. He, he is so weird. I don't know what to make of him. And I still say he judged her so harshly. He pressed that button that she has, that insecurity button, and it's never going to be decompressed. That's he honestly feeling. is not over that incident they had. Neither is she. No because apparently we find out later that he's still mouthing off about whatever it is that he doesn't like about her don't even get me started i'm gonna talk about that at the end all right so <laughs> next we're gonna go to justin tree and alexis mm -hmm. <laughs> yes so remember that at the beginning of this week's episode it had been day 20 of the marriage and so we see them with face masks. This is in the beginning of the episode. You know how all the couples, we get a little glimpse of them. They're self-recording. And so they're, Alexis is just explaining exfoliation and the process of that to Justin. And we see this at the top of the show. So anyways, the couples are gifted with champagne sent by the experts. And Alexis is smoking some hookah. And I've never seen that kind of pipe before. I've seen the big hose, but it was like a weird shaped thing. Yeah, I've seen... 
I haven't seen it either. I've seen the big hose, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It was well, weird. If we're lucky, we do get to see a big hose. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I'm wondering, so so that's smokeless, right? So it's not going to set off a smoke detector or anything. It shouldn't. But I mean, if you go to like a hookah lounge, they're supposed to, if they're certified, have some kind of like air filtration type of right. thing yeah, for yeah, indoors. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. in an apartment, you're not going to have that. So I don't really know. Right. But anyways, um, Justin is popping up in the champagne. And Alex- Alexis asks if she can, um, if she's ever been in love. And Justin says, okay, so basically one of the prompts was to ask about love so that you could deeper, get deeper and, you know, just really open and up to your partner. figure like, out what it's going to take for you to fall in love. That's exactly. the thing behind it. Thank you. I'm still like losing my mind. <laughs> it's early, guys. It's early. <laughs> really early. So Justin says that he has, he was 20 and that he had lost his virginity to that girl. And Alexis always finds a way to emasculate this man. Yep. Yep. Because she basically laughs in his face and claims that he's a late bloomer. And I'm just like, dude, like, calm down. He's opening up to you. But then Justin reveals that he was trying to wait to have sex once he was married and I was like oh wow I didn't think so now the celibacy makes more sense where he's Mm -hmm. like no now that I'm married let's really get to know this person because he thought he was in love the last time and he was just dogged by her as he says but I have a question for you he talked about being engaged remember on a previous episode and how he was engaged and then all of a sudden the woman was like, I don't want a child, like you don't make enough money and like it caught him out of the, out of thin air. Like I'm wondering, is this the same girl? So did he it like lose his virginity be. to her and then, I don't know, like I'm going to marry you? I don't even know. But he says that because he was such a yes man and allowed her to do kind of whatever she wanted he was always constantly apologizing and just trying to please her. And so Alexis is like, this seems to be a theme in your life. You know, you're yearning to please people so that they mm-hmm. love you. Mm-hmm. And he thought that if he pleased them enough, that she would love mm-hmm. him. And then Alexis tries to get comfortable on the couch and, you know, for this deeper conversation. And then she hits her knee on the table and she goes, ow, ow, ow. ow. And I just laugh. Ow, my knee. And I just yeah. laughed so hard. I don't know why. Um, so basically, she wanted to ask if he received love from his family. And Justin talks about his dad being in and out of his life. And he always wondered what he did wrong. So he always tried to be better at things to receive mm-hmm. that love that he really needed from his dad. And that made me sad for him because yeah. I know what it's like to like live with an absent parent. You know, growing up, mm-hmm. my parents broke up got together broke up got together mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. tumultuous very unhealthy and so even when my dad was there he wasn't emotionally present you know like yeah my mom would be the only one to show up for the report card day or the recitals or graduation my dad couldn't be bothered yeah. with that I mean I get the recital because I can't fucking sing and I get no one wants to go to that <laughs> but if you're a parent that's your job you to gotta support sit your through that shit you have to you sit gotta, through that even shit. with earplugs or with like listening to like a you know a giants mm-hmm. game in one earbud but just show up for your kids mm-hmm. yep so anyways yep. alexis showed compassion in that moment she then asked like 
if she thinks a person could fall out of love. So that was one of the things that we saw in the preview, kind of making it seem like I could fall in love with you. But no, but this was, I guess, part of the exercise. Can and I say something now? Can mm-hmm. I say something? I don't think that question was in there. And I think she asked him that to fuck with him. Really? Yes. Yep. Huh. I think she's, I'm not loving her. I'm not digging her. And I feel like she, oh, the word manipulates is too strong. It's not mm. that. I think she plays with him a little bit. And she I plays think with saying, him a little bit. Yeah. And I think saying to him, do you believe in falling out of love? She knows that's going to hit his insecurity button immediately. Right. Like what, what think purpose does that question have? I think now that you mentioned that, she probably threw that in there because she's not over the dogfight incident. No, she's not. She's not. And clearly she would voice this like seconds later. And so it was just, it was just weird because his face was kind of like, I can't tell with him sometimes if he's processing what she's saying or if he's like trying to find the positive out of what she's saying. I I can't figure him out because they have discussions and he's kind of like either he shuts down or he just agrees with her just to kind of get it over with. Yeah. Yep. And then she talks about... He's terrified of her, like we talked about. I think he is. He's terrified of her. Mm -hmm. So then she says that if she loves someone and feels this, she just can't easily get rid of that feeling. So then Justin immediately says, can you tell me how much you love me? And And she's like, right in this moment? And he says, "Uh uh-huh. And Alexis replies, no. Then there's a long, awkward pause. Then she says, it's uncomfortable. I'm sorry. So whenever things get real and he asks her, like, how are you feeling about this relationship? Do you love me? She's like, she shuts it down. She withholds. She's withholding. Mm -hmm. And And that's like the uh, last thing he needs. Right. Mm -hmm. And she tells him she wants to feel like she felt with him on the honeymoon. But because of what happened with newton she's still a little like iffy about it so Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that she's never gonna let this go Mm -hmm. i worry about what's gonna happen to his dog because we get a little snippet of newton just playing around looking healthy and happy and i'm just like oh that's so great and then i'm like wait a minute his dog is not there yeah maya's like rotting in a breaking bad prison out in the middle of the desert (laughs) yeah she's like being taught like the alphabet and how to sign as a dog you know doggy sign language behavioral school (laughs) Hmm. so then later on in the episode they go to the beach and they have a picnic and Justin hopes to help his wife love him again. So he is such a people pleaser. He's like, okay, she did tell me she loved me at some point. So I, I'm thinking that in his mentality, he's like, I could get her to say it again if I show her yeah. that I am so romantic. And he says that he wants to be a good husband, that he's trying to be a good listener, be supportive. And then um, that doesn't seem to be enough for Alexis because she's like, that's it. And just in response, I mean, yeah, unless you want me to make stuff up, which to his credit is fair because it's like, what more does she want? Does she want him to lie? Because then she accuses him of lying anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a little weird. So she says that just wanting a partner to know the difference between having a partner and someone you are dating than being married. So basically the whole assessment is if we had been dating, I would have been done after the whole dog incident. And, and I do not blame her because that was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And as a dog mom, I totally get that. But um, 
it was just weird, 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 weird. And he insists that when, you know, he's just dating someone, he can't just be done. No, he says that when he's dating someone, it's easier for him to walk away because he could just be done with the person. But now there are yeah. consequences. They're married. They have to try to be committed, try to work things out. And so it's just a lot of back and forth of like, so Justin then asks her like the same question. You're still a runner. So what's keeping you committed? Because as we all know, proposed to you three times, said no. So we got to know what's going on. And then she well, deadpans. Yeah. yeah, I'm a track star. Because she runs away from feelings. Yep. And then it's like, he's like, if we were, weren't married and going through these issues that we're facing now, would you stick around? And she's like, no, I don't think I would. And then, of course, that's because we get the flashback of the dog incident and of him um, Newton vomiting blood and him holding that information. It was just like, they're never getting yeah. past this. This is another one they're of those They're never getting past it. And when I think about, are these two going to make it? I think, yes, they are dumb enough to say, I do on decision day, a hundred percent. They will do it, but they will just like, and I said the same thing about Lindsay and Mark the shark. They were dumb enough to say yes, mm-hmm. but they're going to implode like a week after decision day. He tells her that he understands where she's coming from and she cuts him off again. And she's just like, you said you're not the type to get up and go. So how can you empathize with me or sympathize with me? You wouldn't know how that feels like because you would stick around and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, she's just being argumentative at this point for no yeah. reason. And I was like, break up. That was like my note. I was <laughs> like, I'm not tracking down whatever you say next. I'm done with you. Just break up. I'm done. For all of us. For all of us. Yeah. <laughs> So then later, when we meet Dr. Pia, Justin is the first one to open up about being hurt in the past, but now he's not bringing past drama or past trauma from past relationship, and Alexis makes a face, and she's mm-hmm. muttering something just because you're not aware of it, you know. Mind okay, you, Dr. I, need to, <laughs> I need to talk about the muttering. I need yeah. to talk about it. She did it at the dinner, as we mm-hmm. all remember. It drives me crazy. There's something about that that is so fucking rude, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, here, Dr. Doctor P and Justin are having, like, a real interaction. Mm-hmm. And she's muttering and distracting him. And I thought that was so fucking rude. I was ready to, yeah. like, punch the Because TV. Dr. Pia was talking this whole time. And she's like, yes. just because you're not aware of it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, Lord. Yeah. She is one of these people that, you know, she just needs to be heard. She needs to be... The one talking all the time drives me crazy. Yeah. And so Dr. Pia is trying to describe what past trauma looks like and how his response was guarded. And Justin basically cuts her off too. That's another thing. He doesn't want to hear about himself. Stop right there. That doesn't stop me from Mm -hmm. being open and says he's not afraid to be hurt, to get hurt. And so Dr. Pia asks, Alexis, do you buy that? (laughs) and of course she says no and dr pia asks her to elaborate and before she can justin chimes in but she also doesn't know me that well i'm just like yeah it's it's exhausting these two yeah so dr pia's like don't sound like the president so alexis can you share why you don't buy this and so she turns to justin and asks so you know that time when you said that when we're emotional you just say something you know basically we'll say something out of anger and he challenges her go ahead say it and she says it she's like i feel like this is one of those moments 
Okay. So apparently whatever he's telling Dr. P is one of those moments where he just says things because he's being defensive and not really listening. I think that's what she meant. Okay. And he says it's not one of those moments. And she says condescending baby. And he says, baby likes to read into things. And this was like my favorite part. I got a screen grab of this. So Alexis says, do I really? So now you're speaking for me. (laughs) And then after that, he gets super defensive and shuts down. And there's this whole thing. I need to help you. You need to help me help you help us. And it was just. Oh, that's so great. You're not helping me. You're not helping me helping you to help us. And then you hear the rest <laughs> like, of the what? couples go, ooh, yeah, snap clap. Like they were at a poetry slam. They were like, ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was mostly Lindy. She's obnoxious with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just um, like, done with them. So I'm done with them. <laughs> I think that, you know, again, I think she just, she, okay. So Alexis, even though I don't like her, I will never discredit that she's really smart. She is. And she is. She's using that not for not for good here. Yeah. <laughs> like she's playing with him a little bit. And I don't like that. He's a very sweet guy. And I think for whatever reason, she's used to probably toxic guys. And she finds that vulnerability a little son of weakness. And she's not yes, into it. I That's agree. the one thing that she yep. wishes she could change about him. That he's too soft. That's what I'm getting. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Are we done with them? Yeah, done with them. R.I.P. Bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, let's go on to Mitch and Creston. <laughs> yeah, defend this. Defend this. There were, there were listeners coming for me on Instagram like, how are you going to defend this one, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay, the platform so- is yours. <laughs> The family is chilling as Luna is humping away at her bed. He's so cute. (laughs) Uh, Mitch is cooking and he's like doing really bad accents. And he's just being goofy. He asks Kristen, he starts talking about work and he's like, you know, I'm doing this. I'm training this new person, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, we never really talk about what your goals are. Like beyond work, what are your goals? Like, what do you, you know, want to do? She says she wants to focus on them, meaning she and Mitch right now, and then having some babies, babies. We need a bell every time babies is said. Yikes. And then she says she would not like, she would like to not work for a company. And she has her real estate license in California and she would like to start flipping houses. And I literally went, oh no, because <laughs> yeah. I know this argument. I know this argument. Uh-huh. So she then she slips in, maybe even make it sustainable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, I need to talk about this. <laughs> you know, these are like, you know, my work in environmental policy intersects with social justice. And she's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, so let's talk about like the rising ho- housing prices and the the housing crisis and the gentrification of every neighborhood. And I I see his point here. These are conversations yeah. that I have had. He is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go on my soapbox about it here, but he is he is right. But my he's acting like a dick in the moment. 
my neighborhood, I live in Washington Heights. It's very gentrified. Growing up, it was mostly Dominican people. And if people were, and, and Jewish people, because there is like a Jewish community um, mm-hmm. closer by Bennett, like the little higher, nicer parts of Washington Heights. That's where they live. And we're like kind of in the hood and the main parts. And it's slowly getting gentrified. And so yeah. that was one of the reasons I had to leave New York right before the pandemic, because I got priced out. You know, yeah. and then I, I thank God I was able to come back because I fucking hate everything. I hated yeah. not being in New York. So, yeah. No, my sister moved to Brooklyn in 2003 or four, I forget. And she didn't really have a job lined up when she moved there. Neither did her fiance. So they were like, eh. They were able to find like a decent apartment in Greenpoint for like, I don't know, maybe $1,000 a month, something like that. Like That's an very old, cheap. An old building, two bedrooms, right? Like, it was really nice. That's somebody a bought it. What year was that? It. Yeah, somebody bought the building and, like, tripled the rent. And she couldn't afford it. Yeah. She had to leave. Like, of that's course. what's happening. You either... Only, only wealthy people can afford to live in many parts of this country, which is yeah. a problem. Okay. And in New York, particularly. It's crazy. Yes. So later, Mitch and Kristen get the expert questions. And Mitch says he has loved people, but he doesn't know if he's been in love. And then he calls himself a confused young boy. He's like, I'm just a confused young boy. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Kristen says her last few stints at love ended catastrophically. <laughs> and Mitch says, look, this is what happened to my parents. You know, they they were fine. And then they had this really bad divorce. And he's like, that was a significant thing in my life, like them breaking up. And he says he wants to make a good family because that's something he didn't have growing up. Then he tells her he can see them making it like they're really compatible. She says, we have a close to like when I think about my ideal marriage, we're pretty close, she says. Mm -hmm. But something she doesn't like about him is when she's bearing her soul and he's being goofy. Mm. Now, he says... Look, it's just that I have a lot of compassion for people who have less than me. And I feel like it's hypocritical if I'm living in a fancy house with a big car. I'm going to tell you right now, it's like he went into my mind and pulled out my thoughts. Like this is something I struggle with on the reg is this idea of economic inequality. It bothers me. There is also, there are some people that work for like nonprofits and like all kinds of like these organizations. And yet they're part of the problem because they're driving bands. Yes, they make a ton of fucking money. Yep. And it's like, who is this for? Are you really like, shouldn't you live? I'm not saying don't live comfortably or live above your means. But if you're really into like injustices and you want to be fair, mm -hmm. then why are you driving a Mercedes kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. I agree. So now we see them karaoke, if that's a verb I'm using. What was that? <laughs> so I guess on After Party, they said she was singing Rock and Robin, but they just played for us like a really generic 50s song. They cannot afford a single song. That's why they make them up as they go. <laughs> like, I want my girl. I want my girl. Girl, girl, you got me going. Like, exactly. it made no sense. Kind I of like, Justin is closed off. Newton got bit. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, that's very Luna's specific. humping that pillow. Hump, hump, hump. Basically. So anyway, we get a really bad freestyle rap from Mitch that I don't need to see ever again. Mm-hmm. 
So there, and Mitch is telling the camera, by the way, Kristen is hot when she owns that karaoke machine. Like, this is hot. <laughs> so now they chow down on some fried chicken. And a lot of people on Facebook and stuff had a real issue with this. Okay. Because they were saying he's so social justice and environmental, but here he is chomping down on some chicken, which we all know those factory farms are like our greatest polluters. Yeah. Um, I say we cannot let perfection be the enemy of the good. Like, if this dude is doing some good, he's not perfect. Let him eat a fucking chicken wing. Whatever. So is that, like, a sustainable life if he's... Maybe if he justifies it, like, well, it's already dead. So... (laughs) Because some people only meat that they kill. demand. Right. Yeah. Some people... I I think it's, like, oh, that evil man, Mark Zuckerberg, like, he says that he only eats what he kills, so he goes hunting and then he'll eat... cook that and eat it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just think, like, I don't think he claims to be perfect. Yeah. Just cleaning stuff and... I think his main... Bit uh biff <laughs> from Back to the Future. His main beef, <laughs> no pun is, exactly, is plastic. That's like his yeah, arch nemesis yeah, yeah, is yeah. plastic. So and anything other than plastic, clean. Yep, exactly. He's fine with. Yeah, I mean, I did a whole thing in my class last semester where we watched a documentary about the oceans dying. It's a whole thing, mm-hmm. like it's happening. And if it happens, we're fucked. Yeah. No, no, uh, no need to scare everybody, but it, it really, the oceans literally keep us alive. So yeah. I get it. I get it. But it was, I do agree that it was jarring to see him chowing down on chicken leg after <laughs> talking about this. Yeah. And I was like, did they sanitize our hands? This is COVID era. <laughs> it just wasn't a good look. So anyway, they're chowing down and they start fighting about socioeconomic issues. He's like... Look, here's why I acted poorly. Flipping houses isn't great because these developers make neighborhoods unattainable for families. And it's kind of a predatory practice, which it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it, let me just say, it can be. It doesn't always have to be. And that's Mitch's problem. He's too far here and he needs to, like, be in the gray somewhere. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So she's like... Number one, I'm not a huge corporation. And number two, I've been open to learning about your passions and I hope to get some respect for mine. And I thought that was really good of her that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that is very fair because she yep. is bending over backwards during yep. their, you know, yep. housewarming. He made her get rid of the little plastic mm-hmm. jello shots and he had to get reusable ones. It's a whole thing. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. here's how they could have solved this i think i think she could have said to him look i agree with you that when developers come into neighborhoods and they buy these lower income homes and they turn Mm -hmm. them into you know million dollar condos that's a problem yes however if i take like you know a a home that's a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand dollars that needs repair 
that other people may not be able to afford to pay someone to do or can't do themselves or whatever. And I put a little bit of work into it, maybe make it green, maybe make it sustainable and sell it for $250,000 or $300,000 and a middle-class family moves into it. That is not the evil house flipping. Right. Like, I think he's thinking of developing and that's a problem. But I mean, house flipping on a smaller scale, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a thing. Like, they should have met somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, he's over here and she's over here and whatever. Okay. So then she says, look, I understand we have to fight injustice. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That just feels like an empty platitude. Like, what are you doing? That doesn't feel authentic. She flips out at this and she's like, have I ever called you inauthentic? And he's like, I didn't call you inauthentic. And she's like, are you gaslighting me? You just said that feels inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And he's trying. I just wrote he's trying to dig out of this hole and he can't. He just can't. Yeah. Okay. Later, Kristen makes Mitch happy by taking him to pick trash off the beach. <laughs> and that was like their compromise. If we're going to have a picnic at the beach, you got to help me pick trash. Yeah, it was weird. It was, um, but I get it. Whatever. That's what he likes to do. She brings up the karaoke and she says to him, look, I need to feel accepted and loved for who I am. And he's like, I, she goes, if you're not grateful for me, I'll resent you. And she, he's like, I am grateful for you. I am. And she goes, she says to him, no, I mean, beyond this picnic and this trash picking date, mm -hmm. like, I need to know you're grateful for me as a person. And he's like, I am, I am. I'm very grateful for you. Okay. Now in the beginning of the episode, we saw that the women have bought all the men matching shirts. Yeah. So that when they show up for the Dr. Pia, exercise they're all going to be wearing the same thing these are like a navy and white striped polo would mm -hmm. you agree with that yeah it's okay. a polo mm -hmm. thank you Ching! i got something right <laughs> and mitch gets the polo and he's not happy so while i saw his point with the house flipping <laughs> yeah i do not see his point here um, do I understand what he's saying? So guys, he has, he throws a, a, like a fit and he's like, I'm not wearing it. I don't like it. She has to take him in the bathroom off camera and say, look, we're doing this as part of a thing. And he's like, there's no way Mitch would wear this. No fucking way. Now I will say that my husband has weird hangups like this. Mm. If I buy him something that is not part of his quote unquote uniform, <laughs> he will not like it. He will not wear it. He wears, for example, um, Dickie's carpenter pants with the little mm -hmm. hammer hook ah. and the cell phone pocket. And if I buy him another kind, he does not like it and will not wear them. <laughs> so I'm not saying this behavior is correct or right, but I think that it is born from, because if you notice, the things that Mitch freaks out about are all related to his appearance. Yeah. So I think it's born out of insecurity. I think he has cultivated this certain image and like that's who he sees himself as. And he gets real insecure if like he's asked to step out of that box. Like he says that he was triggered by that incident like numerous times at different parts mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. episode. And the fact that he's like, Mitch would not wear this. I'm like, who are you, Elmo? Why are you talking to a third person? <laughs> 
It was not a good look. So while I understand and I think it is born out of insecurity, I'm not defending it. Put on the fucking shirt, dude, Mm -hmm. and show up for your wife who's literally spent the morning picking trash off the beach for you. And she had to ruin the surprise, like the gag, so that he would participate. I know. So when they are at, so they show up and Mitch immediately, he's wearing the shirt, but then he immediately goes and changes it. Mm-hmm. So Kristen starts talking about how this is going to be shirt gate. And does she say 2022 or does she say yeah, 2022, right? So then he's like, is this going to be a thing? And everybody's like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Let's talk about it. And he's like, okay, getting a gift is materialistic and it puts an onus on that person to have that shirt. And to wear it. And I'm not comfortable with it. And Kristen's like, I had to beg him to wear this shirt. Like, they're not in a good place. They're not. So, but however, I do think that they'll come back around. Because when we did the this season on in the beginning, mm-hmm. there was a shot of them on the beach. And they're like sitting down and they have their heads together. And he says, I really like you. And she's like, I really like you too. We haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. So I think they come back. So I'm rooting for them. And she just, they about the house flipping, they just need to, she needs to further explain what her plan is. I really think the idea of making green homes is amazing. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you like, would think that that's something he'd be okay with. And I think he would be if she presented it that way. Like, my husband has even talked about doing this. We're putting solar panels on our house right now. And he's like, you know, what if we bought houses and we retrofitted them with solar panels and geothermal heat, you know what I mean, to make Mm -hmm. them green and and put them like, I think Mitch would be totally into that. Yeah. So. So that's why you defend him because you married Mitch. Okay, Guys, I fucking married Mitch. If anyone needs to know the (laughs) suffering over here. (laughs) But he's hot, guys. Like husband Amy is hot. We've seen Timmy. I love husband husband Amy, but he can be difficult to like mention times. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we're going to move on to Lindy and Miguel. So there's not much here. They're meeting. Miguel meets up with his friend again. He's See, wearing the glasses. The glasses. And he's wearing his glasses. I'm so hot for this. But I wrote, this friend Steve is getting more airtime than any of the experts. <laughs> like, who is this guy? He has come over to say, I have some concerns. Lindy went bananas at the party and it was kind of a real big turnoff. And we get a flashback to her going crazy about the benefits. But she was just as a pizza, not a banana. (laughs) (laughs) So Miguel's like, yeah, I kind of saw that side to her too. And it wasn't great. Okay. So so then they basically talk about her being Jekyll and Hyde and Steve's like, don't put your red flag detector down. And Miguel's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm on this, I got it. So later they do the questions and he says it takes time for him to fall in love. And she's like, oh yeah, me too, me too, time, whatever. (laughs) And she's always like, I was going to say the same thing. So then once again, she says, we have to love each other for the really bad parts. And Miguel's like, eh. No, you really don't. Like, if someone is really crazy and mean and, like, gaslighty, like, I'm Mm -hmm. not into that. And then she says, I hope you'll find grace for me. And he says, yeah, but even grace is infinite. Like, grace is not some kind of pass to just act like an asshole. Like, you know, great. I'll extend you grace within reason. Mm -hmm. 
And he kind of tests her and he's like, so if I cheat on you, I get grace? And she's like, yeah. He's like, so if I throw your dog out a window, I get grace? (laughs) He's testing her. And she's basically like, you can do anything to me, Miguel. You can attempt to murder me and I'll give Mm -hmm. you grace. Mm Because you probably had your reasons. Like, come on, girl. She is, she's probably someone who's been called emotional and crazy her whole life. Yeah. And so she has internalized that and sees herself that way. Even though I don't think she is that way. Like, I think she can spin out a little bit, but I think that, you know, with some grounding, she'll be okay. Yeah. And I mean, and she's been honest about it. She's like, I do get this way and I overanalyze. So it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. Like she said, oh, I'm go with, you know, I'm carefree. I go with the flow. And then she Mm -hmm. flips out. No, she's expressed that this is how she is and that she's working on it. She says real love is seeing someone for their worst and fighting through it. Like, I think she is just so terrified that she's going to like spin out or have a meltdown. He's going to leave. And I think she just needs to say that. Like, I, I, I'm nervous that if I miss, if I step out of line or miss quote unquote misbehave, according to your standards that you're going to leave. And I don't like living like that. I don't know. So that's, that's really it with them when they're at, uh dr pia she just talks more about this and he's like we just need time and she says she holds a lot back because she's afraid of how he'll respond and he's like oh that's not good yeah so that's kind of where we leave them like just talking in circles to death yeah the whole episode basically mm-hmm. okay nate and stasha all right so of Our course we're a couple our power couple. So after the whole t-shirt thing, because their t-shirt gift happens at the beginning, kind of like the little self cam. He was what I got you, babe. And I was like, she's already shopping for him. Not knowing that all the wives had been doing this as a goof or whatever. Yes. So their first meeting is like, they're talking at the pool. They're like inside the pool and they're trying to have a deeper conversation because they got the little gift basket from the experts with the questions and champagne. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to speak you know, prompt these conversations so they could go deeper. And so Stasha asked Nade about where he is on the spectrum of liking her and falling in love for her. And I was like, oh God, measurements, math, stop (laughs) this. Do not, do not. And this whole time, mind you, they're in a pool while this is going on. And she's like waving her hands around like, are you this way or that way? Am I in the middle? Like she's like playing like a scale or like a, mm-hmm. like a clock just moving her hands around. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? And then May says, you know, four out of 10, five out of 10, you know, give or take. Not, <laughs> a, good answer. Not a good answer, May. And I was like, this sounds so harsh. But, and then I'm like to his credit it's been 20 days so we gotta keep that in mind before judging too harshly yeah but we I do know like, that they're on a time clock i feel like is there any right answer to that like what is the number of you loving me there's no right answer yeah but always always air over five dude over 50 percent always yeah <laughs> but stasha's taking a back she's shocked she's like four out of ten that's mm-hmm. like 40 percent i'm just mm-hmm. like no more numbers <laughs> and then tense music plays but nate assures her that he's lowballing it like his feelings for her to be more realistic and there's upside potential you know and i was like is that a thing upside potential like i've never heard that phrase no, not a thing and i was like i'm all for phrases and creating new stuff as long as it makes sense so then i'm like okay 
potential potential not to get too word nerdy here yeah. but potential like indicates a positive change so you right. don't need to put it a was a little bit done here. in front of it yeah, so then I was like, I think what Nate meant was by measuring her feelings towards her and being in the middle, that there's potential for the fondness to grow into love. That's yeah. how I interpreted that. I'm like, okay, I used my Nate transmitter translator app, so that's what he was trying okay. to say. Okay. And then Stasha just wants to know how she gets to 100. Like, she just wants to know, how do I get your heart? How are you going to say you love me? I need you to say you love me and all that. But she's trying to play it cool. Leslie, she you just summed up their entire story. Yeah. She spends the rest of the episode <laughs> trying to figure out how to get him to 100. <laughs> yeah, because then he's like, so where are you at? And she's just trying to get it to that 100. And she was saying like that she's like at an eight. She's almost at love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, no, Stasha. After hearing that you're at a four out of ten, like play it, be like, oh, I'm at a six. If you want to pretend like you're a little higher or further along, I'm than at a him. three. <laughs> exactly. I would be like, oh, we're on the same page, kind of thing. But how do we get to you know a hundred? That's how yeah. I would play it. Yeah, because I would good, feel good stupid. Yeah, I would feel good so idea. stupid. And so. He all all of a sudden he's like, dang, I feel like an asshole now because she's almost mm-hmm. at love. And she says that she's taking Pastor Carol's advice. And so she's working towards getting to that love space quicker, whatever he and for whatever reason, he's taking it slow. But he comes off as wishy-washy. That's what I wrote, because mm-hmm. it seems like he says the right things, but then if you give it like a number. He'll lowball her all the time. So it's like, so which is it? So Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. It's just a little weird. And he tells her it just needs to evolve. He needs to get more comfortable around her. So she asks him, what was the last time that he was in love? And if he knows what that feeling feels like for him, which I thought was a good question. Like, what does love feel like for you? Yeah, yeah. And then he says, I'm just going to let you know that it's been like a long time, like high school. Isn't he like almost 30? I don't I don't know how old he is. And I'm not on my regular computer setup to quickly look. Yeah. I want to say he's like 27, 28. Because I know that she's older than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's in her 30s. And so mm-hmm. he fully admits that he hasn't had love, feelings of love or being in love as a grown-up. Oh, wait a minute. She's 37. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe he's like 32? He's like 32 or 33, Yeah. 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 And he tells producers he doesn't want to ruin his marriage, so he's taking his time opening up his heart to his wife. And he wants to go all in with this commitment and understand her 100%, but before he does and gets really caught up with getting excited about falling in love, he wants to make sure that they're stable because he doesn't want to just like fall in love and miss any red flags or any issues that might come up. So he wants to be cautious, which, okay... It makes sense. It's logical. But when you're on this road to like, you have eight weeks to do this, to yeah. do or die kind of thing, you have to speed it up. Yeah. And I think that's her frustration. To, you don't have time to just, as my grandma would say, lollygag. <laughs> <laughs> so then she assures him that she's not pulling him on the timeline and that she's not saying, I needed to fall in love with me by decision day or else. 
or Elsa's a no, and she says it's not like that. But later on, it's like we do see her like in a confessional saying, I do need to know that he loves me or say that he loves yeah. me. Yeah. So she's saying one thing and saying the other to producers and to cameras. So 100%. Later on, they're at the apartment and Sasha is doing dishes and he tells Nate that Pastor Kyle told them their goals for the marriage. They need to establish goals for the marriage. So what is their goals outside of financial stability? Because he's always about the financials. They, they and, both kind of talk about yeah. financial stuff a lot. And so it's so funny. She's like, you know, the thing that Pastor Kyle said, and he's like measuring. <laughs> and she says, yeah, it's like, I just want to be in the moment. And then she brings up how their goals shouldn't just be financial. And she brings up this whole, where are they on this love thing? And we're like, oh, here we go again. They start talking about measuring their goals. Don't of the measure it, dude. Mm-mm. And it was so annoying because I hate math. A unit's a measurement. I'm just like, <laughs> I hate this so much. Kilowatts. She, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. She just wants to make sure they're moving forward. And he tells her, just know that we are good. And I want to get to know you from your soul. So he keeps telling her, we're good. Don't worry yeah. so much about yeah. it. Stop it. Yeah. But Stasha goes back to Pastor Cal about love being a choice. And she keeps pressing him on him, wanting mm-hmm. to know if he's going to choose to love her. And he says he's making the choice to be married to her. And so it's about, like, is this love or whatever? He's The way he measured it was like, well, I m- married you and... You know, love is also a joint checking account and moving in and talking about kids. And I was like, okay, oh, love is a joint part. checking account. <laughs> and like then an Sasha said, song. <laughs> she could have some, she could live with someone, you know, she could have a joint account with someone and not love them. So, like, is he going to love her? And Nate gets upset. And I'm just like, you're playing double. He says you're just playing devil's advocate with this whole thing. We're it just going exhausting. around in circles. It, it was, was exhausting. exhausting. It was like every time we saw them, it was the same fucking feeling. Do you love me? Essentially, that was the undertone mm-hmm. of every conversation. Or how do I get you to love me? Yeah, it was weird. And he just kept saying, "Give me time." Meanwhile, this whole time they're having this argument or disagreement. They're cooking rice, and and all of a sudden, Nate is like, "Oh, our rice is about to burn." <laughs> and I'm just like, "What is happening?" Well, he's like, "Is this rice burning?" Yes, of course it is. He's gone. Yeah. He's mixing it up. And then he feels like he says that she's trying to manipulate him. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who aren't watching, please note that this entire time they're both monotone. They are like Chantel from Family Chantel level monotone because it's kind of like, so what would get you to love me? And he's like, well, it would have to be like everything was just so like, <laughs> monotone, but I'm just the like, opposite of fun. Lindy. <laughs> the opposite of Lindy and Alexis because she gets hyped. You don't care if I'm. <laughs> struck down by a garbage truck and run over and thrown in a dumpster and the whole time I'm just like just quit pestering him can you have a fucking nice dinner without you pestering him let it happen organically so anyways they I guess they eat the burnt rice I don't know what happens with that but then the next day they go to a cooking class and Stasha tells us that having that night showed them how they handle conflict and she felt herself retreating and putting up a wall. 
So mm-hmm. now she's trying to show him they're good and hopes things like these don't happen again. So they start cooking. There's like a chef there. They make some fish, asparagus, and they sit for dinner. And Sasha asks how he's feeling about their disagreement. And he says it was fine because they weren't yelling at each other. They just had disagreements. Again, it was very monotone, little inflection, any energy or caring whatsoever. That's what it came off. But Sasha, she felt that his voice was elevating and that his whole demeanor was changing, according to her. So she was trying to be calm. So she basically stayed calm so he wouldn't get too heated because then she was going to elevate and it was going to be like a whole screaming match eventually. That's what she's kind of hinting at. Yeah. So she was just trying to get her point across, she keeps saying. And he was questioning her character, which she did not like. And You then know, she- I didn't think of that. That's a really good point that you make is that they are kind of expressionless. Yeah. Like maybe that's what's not sitting right with with me about him like it's an it it comes off as being inauthentic but it's yeah. just kind of not there's not a lot of emotion and i think just as men and especially as men of men of color you're just trained not to show emotion get angry or show emotion or you know what i mean and maybe he's just being very cognizant of that i don't know and also with her when she's with him, you see that she is like flat and monotone. When she's with the girls, she's up and stuff. And even she's in the, like the life of the party, even mm-hmm. in the confessional, she goes like, "I am cursing up a storm in my mind and going insane and flating about, you know." Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep it cool. So then it's like you know that this is really getting under her skin. So in that moment, she's afraid. She's afraid of him not being in love with her. And if she expresses that frustration, like with actual emotions in front of him, mm-hmm. that might turn him off. So she's trying to just pretend like everything is cool, but she is driving herself crazy with yeah. this. Yep. Um, okay. So and, then and driving got, all of us crazy. Driving all of us crazy because I'm like, girl, you are so beautiful. You're financially stable. You have everything going for you. If this man chooses not to love you, then he can fuck him. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. find someone that is willing to treat you like the queen that you are. 100%. And maybe he's not there yet because he just met you. Maybe this wasn't the right experiment for him. A hundred percent. Because he did not come into it like, I'm just going to come with like my heart wide open. He's kind of like a little he's hesitant. Hearted. Yeah, he is guarded. very guarded. Mm-hmm. So then we get that montage of all the women gifting the guys with that striped polo and everything. So it's it's a whole thing, except for Mitch, because he has an issue with it. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> so the couples meet with the new expert, the guest expert, Dr. Pia, and they're going over the emotions wheel. And Stasha lists almost every damn emotion on the wheel. Oh, she's my like, God. When she I started talking about sad. where she's at. Jesus. And, like, a whole bunch of adjectives of it just being horrible, how she felt. And Nate stands there looking so angry. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, as angry as he could look with someone with no expressions. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) Dr. Pia... What were the verbs that she was saying? Well, one of them was she felt isolated, abandoned, sad, and there was, like, a few others that I missed. Yeah. And so, Nate is just standing there like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, (laughs) because she's saying she tells Dr. Pia she came into this relationship all in 
giving everything and showing everything very quickly and she feels like she's being vulnerable but he doesn't match it and then he says that her that's her opinion and that he's taking steps slowly and he's trying to get deeper and he reveals that he always wanted to sign up for therapy so he decided to pull the trigger on it and sign up and Dr. P is like oh that's so good and everything that's great for you and he says these are actionable steps he wants to show his wife that he's truly in this so the fact that he's not saying i love you doesn't mean that he's not trying to get there that was like right. his point Yes. So he's frustrated and she thinks he's not trying and he needs her to understand him when he says this stuff because she doesn't believe him and she needs to have faith in him. And then if she doesn't have that faith in him, he's going to give up. Mm -hmm. And then she says, that's why I'm disappointed. And then Stasha breaks down. She starts crying, says she doesn't want him to give up. But at the same time, she's wondering how long does she have to wait for him to catch up? It's so ridiculous. Like, why did we have an entire episode about this? And this is happening, if you're not watching, in front of all the other couples, yes. mind you. Yes. So this is another reason why I feel that the men feel like they're attacked. <laughs> yes. Because the women are speaking their truth they're voicing what they don't like and what they would hope their spouses do and they don't want to be called out in front of the group like maybe had it been like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the expert they would have been less angry because later on what we see when all of this is said and done and they go back to the apartment they sit on the couch and it is bad because it's bad you can tell this everything that they're both irritated and Sasha's trying to come at it like, so, you know, what do you think? And he's like, it's really disappointing that the person he cares about the most isn't recognizing all the effort that he's putting in. Mm -hmm. They then get into some semantics about she didn't say she felt those things, but that she was actively feeling those things. And he said, no, she said, I wasn't saying I was actively feeling. I said that I felt these things. And I told you that in our marriage, that one of them, and then he's like, one of the most important things in our marriage is that I need my wife to believe in me. Mm -hmm. And he's getting to the point where he's starting not to care. And he says that if she keeps not believing in him, he's trying to, you know, with the actions that he's taking, that this won't work at all. Yeah. And she says that she thinks he's made. She thinks he's making an effort and wanting to move in with her, do therapy and all those things. Yes, those are actionable things, but those are future things and things that she thinks he'll do. But what can he do now in the moment and moving forward is to have conversations. So that's her whole thing. She wants him to open up, be vulnerable, show emotion, not be a, a robot. <laughs> well, is, is this where he says... You got some emotion. Do you like yeah. that or something mm -hmm. like that? What does he say yeah. at the end there? So he argues that she's not patient enough for him to grow. Like, you need to wait. And she says she just wants emotion. And he says, well, you got emotions now. You happy? And she feels attacked immediately and tells producers that they will have bigger issues and it's concerning that he may give up. Mm -hmm. And then he tells her he doesn't believe her that she will continue. He doesn't believe that she will not continue to pester him. And says he doesn't think it's him anymore, that it's a her thing. And that's where yep. we ended. Yep. He just storms off. He's like, it's not about me anymore. It's a you thing. I'm it's, doing fine. It's exhausting. Yeah. 
Like these guys are talking in circles. Lindy and Miguel are talking in circles. Nate mm-hmm. and Stasha talking in circles. And ironically, I think Nate and Stasha have a really good chance of making it. Yeah. And I think Lindy and Miguel might too. So like, why are we, you know, just show us the dumpster fire of Mitch and Kristen and yeah. Mitch melting down over, you know, socioeconomic justice and whole shirt. <laughs> And Justin and Alexis, you know, still fighting over the dogs. Like, this is what we need to see. Yeah. I have a question. Because when they were at the beach, like Mitch and Kristen, and they're picking up trash. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this. I found some floss. You hate floss. So what does he use to floss? A water pick? No, he said there's reusable floss. So I don't know if it's like floss you wash after you use it. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Just use a water pick for all that. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, I could see floss being a problem, though. Yeah. If you think about it. I don't know. All right. So now I'm thinking, as I'm drifting off to sleep watching this episode, thinking, like, <laughs> please give us anything that we can work with here. We get this shot. It's prison cam. It's mm-hmm. Morgan and Ben's apartment. And Morgan is presumably leaving for work, maybe? It looks like. Yeah. And on her way out the door, like a boss, she goes, oh, by the way, Alexis told me everything. Boom. And she walks out the door. And Ben is like, what? What? About what? What? Morgan. 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 He's chasing her. She just keeps walking. So then she tells the cameras (sighs) outside, Alexis came to me woman to woman and told me that Ben has been talking about me behind my back in a very negative way. And let's just say I'm going to have a lot to say tomorrow to Ben. (laughs) What the hell? And Alexis is like the one that goes running to everyone with the gossip. She's annoying with that. I can't with that. Like, just let this marriage, let it work out. Because she's not really, it's not like that's her girlfriend from back in the day. She just met this chick too. So like, just shut up. Unless she straight up asks you, like, has he been talking shit about me? Don't volunteer that information. Well, and I can't. First of all, she's breaking Justin's trust because mm-hmm. Ben's not probably saying it to her. It's probably suggested. And second of all, I need to know what it is before I make a final judgment because if mm-hmm. it's something like, oh, we're not doing well and blah, 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 and I'm worried about Morgan's relationship with their family, like th- that stuff is all okay to share with a close confidant. Right. But if he's like, Morgan is such a bitch. I'm not attracted to her. You know, whatever. Then, yeah, maybe you take that to your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm going to reserve judgment until mm-hmm. I know what it is. Yes. Okay. So next time, the couples are celebrating one month, and we also see them going on some sort of fancy date together. They're all dressed mm-hmm. up, and it looks like they're having dinner together. Nate and Stasha are getting tattooed. Yes, that's a big mm-hmm. commitment. It's a big commitment. Alexis is going crazy over a photo album that she has. I think, don't, don't the experts give them a photo album on their Yeah, one they're, month? they're writing so. pictures, yeah. yeah. Mitch and Kristen are doing their favorite thing, yoga. They love that <laughs> yoga. Ben gets Morgan flowers and walks up to her with them and she throws them on the ground. Yeah. And it looks like she's ready to, what does she do, kung fu, Muay Thai, <laughs> kick his ass, whatever. Yeah. At a dinner... Kristen says, when does Kristen get to do Kristen? Like, I'm going to snap soon. So we see that Mm. boil into the surface. And then Morgan tells Ben, you've been talking shit about me and I know it. 
And then Alexis is demanding an apology from Justin, of course, and storms off. So that's it. That's where we leave these guys. Um, I can't believe it's only been 20 days. It feels like it's been 17 years. Yeah. I think that... I think these are the episodes that drive me the craziest because I love when we have something to debate, like dog gate or shirt Mm -hmm. gate or... But when it's just like the circular, do you love me? How do you love me? How do you know I love you? What can you do to... It's just exhausting for everybody. It's so annoying. It's just like you just met. And I get it. You're on this fast track to love and marriage and all that. But give people a break. Mm -hmm. Including us. Yes. (laughs) You're podcasters who work tirelessly to bring you this trash. Yes. Yes. We're trying to learn. We just want to educate ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) On what not to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So how did I do? I didn't defend Mitch too hard, right? That was good because I was afraid that you were going to be like, well, he shouldn't wear a polo shirt if he doesn't like polo shirts. I'll be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Um, he, He was being a big baby. Mm-hmm. I-, I will say that he's correct about the house flipping incorrect about the shirt behavior yeah that's where I'm it was a goof all the other guys had it like why couldn't you just wear it like calm down and-, and let me clarify he was correct about the the house flipping in that there is a downside to that yes when developers like um right. price out like people yes. right. you know poor people yeah mm-hmm. but he needs to listen to Kristen, who is a sweet, kind human being and would never turn into like an ev- evil, greedy developer. Exactly. And they need to meet somewhere in the middle. So that there's that. Open your ears up, Mitch. <laughs> All right. So, Leslie, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? They can find us on Instagram at Sinister Girls. Um, new episodes starting this week. I'm so excited. Yay. And... Um, yeah, just follow us there and follow us at Six Degrees on Reality TV because you could keep up with us there. You can comment on our post and try to communicate with us there because, you know, we did talk about a Facebook group, but right now we're just so busy that, like, we would need people to, like, run it for us and we're not at that level yet. So just talk to us on on, on our Instagram. Yeah, we, we enjoy hanging out on Instagram where... Once in a while, I'll get a bee in my bonnet and put some stories up there. And <laughs> Leslie's sharing some stuff. And we like we like being over there. Yeah. Okay, and I'm at Gen X This Is Why, a podcast I do with my sister, where we cover Little House on the Prairie and all 80s stuff that we're mm-hmm. talking over there. So we're And also there. 90s on your Patreon for Gen X This Is Why, my so-called life. Yes, we are doing my so-called life, which I'm really digging. Really oh. digging. Well done, if you need well someone done. to hop in on there to talk about my so-called <laughs> life, call me. We love that show. I have podcasters knocking down my door to sit in on the my so-called life stuff. I don't oh know what God. it is about this show. It's so good. It's, it's good. So good. It's really good. It's really good. All right, guys. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.